Welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist, the podcast for anyone who's interested in acupuncture, complementary medicine, holistic health, and self-care. I'm your host, Alexa Bradley-Halsey. If you enjoy this show, you can help other people discover it by leaving a rating or a review, by following or subscribing on your favorite podcast listening app, or simply by telling someone about it. And if you'd like to support this show financially, you can become a paid subscriber on Substack for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to Substack.com and search Notes from Your Acupuncturist, or click the link in the show notes. And one more thing before we get started, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a replacement for medical care from a qualified healthcare provider. Okay, on with the show. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by licensed acupuncturist Fawn Towery. Fawn practices at Napa Acupuncture Practice, a nonprofit community acupuncture clinic in Napa, California. She has been a community acupuncturist for 10 years and has given over 50,000 treatments in her career so far. Today, Fawn and I are going to talk about acupuncture for a very special segment of the population, kids and teenagers. This is something that I get asked about pretty regularly, and the short answer is yes, acupuncture is absolutely great for kids and teens, so I'm excited to talk more about it with Fawn. Fawn, welcome. Thank you, Alexa. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining me. So as I've, um, as I've been collecting my thoughts in preparation for this episode, I've been thinking back to the first time I ever heard of acupuncture, and I remember it very clearly, and I was in the fourth grade. So I want to start by asking you, do you remember how old you were when you first learned about acupuncture? I know I was in elementary school because I grew up with an uncle who treated horses with acupuncture needles. Oh, cool. And he was telling a story about how he would go to horse shows on the weekends and there would be a horse that was having trouble with pooping or peeing. And he would make bets that he could get the animal to either pee or poop if they were clogged up. And then he would use acupuncture needles to make them go. And then he'd get himself free lunch. And so he was getting himself a bit of a reputation for, you know, swindling people out of lunch by helping their animals with acupuncture. And I was like, wow, that's kind of scary to think that something can make you do that. Yes. That's, that's, so that's what I remember. What do you remember? I remember I was in fourth grade. I was in, um, it was in Mrs. Carpenter's social studies class. And she brought in a magazine. And I don't, I think maybe it was a Time magazine, but on the cover of the magazine was, um, their cover story was about acupuncture. Mm. And on the cover was a close-up of a person's face, and they had a bunch of acupuncture needles in their Mm. face. And our teacher brought this magazine in to show us that this was a type of medicine that originated in China and that they used these needles as medicine. Mm. And of course, we were all very fascinated by it. I I remember, I and, and she said, you know, the, the needles are really small, that it, it doesn't hurt. And I, I remember, see, you know, I could see on the magazine cover, yes, those needles are very small. 
they don't look like they would hurt that much. But I was very concerned about blood because mm. I I was afraid of blood as a kid and I would like pass out in the doctor's office if I ever saw blood. And so I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, how much blood is there going to be <laughs> when they take all those needles out? <laughs> is that person going to have a bloody face? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that but that was my uh, my first introduction to acupuncture, and it stayed with me all of these years because it just was so fascinating. And mm-hmm. to think that there was no med, and she said there's no medicine in the needles, and to think yeah. that, that medicine could be practiced without something being injected, without you ingesting a substance, was just yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It is amazing. To this day, people still ask, you know, what's on the needles? How do they yes. work? <laughs> yes, yes, there's nothing on the needles. Um, yeah, so I, I find that kids have some interesting questions about acupuncture and mm-hmm. ideas about acupuncture. Do you treat a lot of kids and teens in your practice? I do, and it tends to go in in like a burst of like before school started I had a ton of kids who were really nervous about going back to school and especially during the pandemic when they weren't in school in person for so long and then they went back to being in person so many of them had anxiety because they hadn't been with other kids their age for you know such a long time so like the summer before the first couple of weeks I was treating lots of kids um and uh that's how that's how they started out the school year by that but the other thing is like they'll do like um I don't know what the right way to say it is like people who invade the school drills and so those cause a lot of anxiety and fear for students and so they'll come in either knowing that's gonna happen or afterwards being upset about it so that's another time when um when I see like a a rush of kids I was talking with my husband about this and he said do you remember when you first started and you had a a rush of teen girls I'm like Oh, yeah. One broke up with her boyfriend and I helped her with acupuncture for the breakup. And then she sent me her friend and her friend and her friend. And so (laughs) by the end of the week, I treated five teenage girls who had broken up with their boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. It's really cool because, you know, it helped the first one and then it helped the second one. And so by the end of the week, I was like, man, how many breakups happened in one week? But, (laughs) you know, the fact that they knew that it worked and that they sent me their friends was really cute. So that's what I like about it. You know, when it works for kids, it's just amazing. Um, the other the other story I remember from my my career was I saw a young man who was in a wheelchair and I was a brand new acupuncturist. It was my first year and I was really nervous that I wouldn't be able to help him because he was in horrible, mm. horrible back pain in his wheelchair. And I was like, okay. So I put a few needles around his elbows on each side mm-hmm. and I was like, does it feel any better? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You haven't done anything for me. And I was like, oh no. So then a couple of weeks passed and I'm like, oh, you know, I feel really bad that he wasn't helped. But then his mom brings him in again. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's your back? And he's like, what back? He's like, I'm here for acne. (laughs) You don't even remember? You were in like debilitating, horrible back pain and you can't even remember that. And it was such a good learning moment for me because I was like, 
of course, like kids get better and they don't even remember like, you know, how it was before because that's not their new reality. And I also remember thinking, man, that's amazing. Like I thought I hadn't done anything and he was so much better and his life was so much better. And right. then, you know, it, to get to treat him for a new thing. But it was just such a wonderful memory for me of, uh, <laughs> of him not even remembering how much pain he was in. So that was that was fun for me. That's that's great when when we can help someone to the point that they don't even remember the, yeah, the problem yeah. that they originally came in for. Yeah. Cause I feel like that happens with adults too. Oh, absolutely. That's why we take notes and we go back and we're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you remember this? And they're like, no, I'm like, well, it's written down that you had that. Oh yeah. That's all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the conditions that you tend to treat kids for. So you, you mentioned anxiety is a big one in your practice. Yes. What it's else? More, more serious things have happened over the past, I would definitely say since the pandemic, people with really serious mental health stuff, like thoughts of self-harm, people who are not eating, people who have eating disorders, people who have, so I don't like to use official labels. So I use more generic terms, like people who have trouble concentrating, people who have trouble staying still people who have trouble with like repetitive behaviors kind of thing. Like sometimes mm -hmm. people will like pick their fingernails and their cuticles until they bleed. That kind of stuff is all stuff that can really be helped with acupuncture. So a lot of that conditions that have an emotional root, but are manifesting physically. Exactly. I see that too. Um, I see that with anxiety. A recent patient comes to mind. She's a teenager and has been having some, some difficulty swallowing and therefore she has having difficulty eating mm. and, um, and her anxiety is really high. And I talked to her about it and I said, I, I think your body's just telling you, like you literally can't take any more. You cannot yeah. take on any more. You've had so much stress over the last couple of years. You just, your body is saying no more. I, I can't take in anything else. I can't take on anything else. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate to see that becoming more and more prevalent in young people. Well, and it's really sad and it's scary too. And especially for parents, they just want to be able to help their kid. Um, and I think that's what's so exciting about acupuncture. Like I like to tease that if I only treated kids, I wouldn't be able to stay in business because it only takes them a very short amount of time to, you know, feel better, um, yes. which is really exciting. But it also, you know, <laughs> it would be, it would require a lot bigger patient base to be able <laughs> right. to only treat kids. Right. You could, well, if there were more uh, breakups going around, then yeah, maybe you could that's stay true. in business. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about some of the differences between treating kids versus treating adults. Yeah. You don't just, we don't approach them in the same way, really. Definitely not. For me, um, treating kids, I don't have children. So, I always tell that to people so that they, they know that like I'm coming from a different perspective than someone who does have kids. Mm. Uh, but I like treating kids and I think it's a lot of fun for me. And, you know, I'm around kids. I have nieces and nephews, but the most important thing to me is that they feel comfortable. And I get really frustrated when patients uh, like I had one patient who the parents tricked them into coming oh. and they didn't know they were coming. And oh. I was like, 
they wanted me to put needles in. And I'm like, no, I am not going to put needles into a kid who doesn't want me to put needles in. I said, you know, I'll put seeds and I'll teach them where to push for acupressure and, you know, I'll do all the other things, but I'm not going to put needles into a kid who doesn't want them. Um, The other thing is, I think we do ourselves a disservice by calling them needles, because Mm -hmm. if you've ever had a, a vaccine or a flu shot or something, that's 16 times as big as ours. 16 of our needles can fit into one of their needles. So it really isn't, isn't a traditional needle in any sense. I tell them it's as fine as a human hair. Mm -hmm. And we have so many other ways to be able to help you besides just regular needles. There's herbs, there's ear seeds, there's intradermal needles. There's something fancy called a shonishin, which is a a metal device that you use just to hold pressure on one of the local acupuncture points. And, you know, I can teach kids how to rub their ears to help them. You know, there's emotional freedom technique, which is where you tap on different acupuncture points on your body just for yourself. So there's never a reason to do something that they don't want us to do. But a lot of times um, kids will be curious because, you know, we treat in a group setting and they'll see all the other people around them and they'll see that they have needles in and they see that the people are sleeping and they're like, (laughs) well, you know, if they're sleeping, they're obviously not hurting and they're not, you know, upset because they're sound asleep. Maybe I'll try one and then you do one. And if they like it, maybe we'll do another one. And if they don't, we just take it out. But at least then they've had the experience if they want it. And, you know, hopefully it's a positive experience. And, you know, even if they're not willing to do it, then then at least they have a positive connotation for the future. Right. And it sounds like you do a lot of education, too. Yeah, definitely. definitely. A lot of education for self-care. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, it's a totally different population. Like I use very few needles and I keep them in for a very short amount of time. And like, I treated a baby who was like 14 months old for constipation. I tickled his belly. I put a couple of needles in, I tickled his belly. I took him out and that was it. You know, mm-hmm. like it took me what, 30 seconds to be able to do that. And you know, it really helped. Yeah. I feel like the dosage needed for a kid is lower than what would be needed for an adult. The same as with any kind of medication. Absolutely. An adult might need 20 needles and an hour of rest time to really help their body rebalance in the course of a treatment. And a kid might need two needles and Two, two minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. What One of my favorite, I think it was, it might have been, well, other than my nieces and nephews, I think it was the first um, child who came to my clinic had a headache that had lasted for more than 70 days. Oh my gosh. So awful. He was so dizzy and sick. He couldn't even sleep in his bed because he said sleeping in his bed made it worse. And I was like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Like, this is awful. And so I was like, okay, just started the basics, do liver three. So it's a point Mm -hmm. on your foot. And I did one point on one needle and he's like, that's so much better. And then I did the other foot. And then he was like, Oh my gosh, it's gone. And his mother's like, who are you? And what did you do to my child? And so um, it lasted for a couple of weeks and then he came back because it started to come again and we did the same two points again. And um, it's really, she, that family has brought me so many patients throughout all the years oh. because it was just such a miracle for him that he felt so much better. And it was such a simple 
fix, but in Chinese medicine, like it was the perfect solution that, you know, mm-hmm. Western medicine wasn't able to do anything. So those are the kind of examples where it makes me so happy and it's so rewarding to treat kids because they get better so quickly and, you know, it's so non-invasive and, you know, helps them in so many different ways. Right. And you're really setting a young person on a trajectory that they might not have been set on if they hadn't tried acupuncture. You know, thinking about a young person that has a a headache for 70 days, they're in for a lot of tests and trying a lot of different medications and a a lot of doctor's appointments. None none of them worked. And, And you can resolve it with a few needles and a few yeah. minutes. I mean, that is really, it's so exciting. It is. It really is. It really yeah. is exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's life changing. Absolutely. What is the youngest patient you've ever treated? Do you know? 14 months, 14 months. Yeah. And it was that 14 month old you were treating for constipation. Mm-hmm. For constipation. And honestly, I think, uh, I think that they probably could have done it with just, you know, like massaging the belly at that young of an age or just plain old acupressure. But, you know, mm-hmm. the baby yeah. didn't even know he had acupuncture. So <laughs> yeah, it was pretty neat to be able to see how it could work so easily and so quickly on someone so little. I think that the youngest patient I ever treated, I think, was six weeks old. I mean, wow. really, really young baby who was having some respiratory issues. Oh, okay. And so I did uh, just a couple needles on the upper back, the the lung shoe points on uh-huh. the upper back, one on each side. I barely inserted them. I mean, right. like hardly even went the into idea the skin. of the needle. <laughs> I know yeah, exactly. And then just a couple little twists of stimulation, and then removed the needle. And then I showed the the mom acupressure. That's one of the things that I love too is being able to show parents how they can administer acupressure, some of these massage techniques or ear seeds or what have you at home, because then the, the parents feel maybe not such a sense of helplessness over right. the They're child's... empowered to help their kid. Yeah. And if yeah. the kid is old enough, they're empowered to help themselves too. You yeah, can absolutely. Give them those tools. And I think it still releases the endorphins too, which are, you know, the body's way of making you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it's interesting to see how much quicker it happens in kids. A few minutes, a few treatments, whereas a, a, yeah. an adult we're treating for headache might need a lot of treatments. Uh, right. A kid doesn't need that many. And, you know, I want, I, people always ask me why, why is it that kids get better so much faster? And I don't honestly know. I have a theory that it's because they haven't had it for as long because, you know, when you're, mm-hmm. you know, a teenager, how long could you have had something for, you know, versus adults who are like, oh, I've had back pain for 40 years, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I also think like kids are just more active and um, they have more of the natural chi that they were born with so that they're able to to rectify themselves easier than adults. I Yeah, I think that is a good theory. It, it, kids are so young, you know, like you said, they're so active. They're, they're always moving. They're always growing. They're always changing. And so I feel like this young energy is just constantly circulating through yes. them and around them. And, and revitalizing so, them. And revitalizing <laughs> them. So things change quickly. They don't yeah. get like bogged down with like the heaviness of the the years of just living that adults do 
so it really works to their advantage. You know, we, we always say the earlier you start getting acupuncture for a condition, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's kind of the same thing with like the younger you are when you start getting acupuncture, then yeah, then the better it is for your health in the long term. I used to run a booth at the farmer's market on Saturdays and I loved it because little kids would walk by with their parents and they would point and they'd be like, what's that? And they, you know, they had no idea what it was. And that was what I loved about doing that was because it brought it to the people, right? It wasn't something scary. It wasn't super expensive. It was free. People could see it happening, you know, and that they, the kids could see their parents getting better and that people were feeling good. And it wasn't scary nobody was screaming there was no blood right right right. (laughs) um and so that that, to me that was the best thing about that those events was it brought it to the people and made it not scary and not something that was super expensive and luxurious it's just a, a daily mode of being able to help yourself through acupuncture how do you feel like kids typically respond to the idea of acupuncture I think a lot of times they're scared. Some I'm always I'm always impressed when a kid comes in and they're curious or like they're excited, but it also depends upon how the parent presents it. So if the parent has had acupuncture and has had positive experiences, then the kids are like, I want to come, I want to come. I can't tell you how many parents are like, I told them they cannot come this time, but yep. you know, next time <laughs> they'll be able to come. And then every time afterwards, the kid's begging to come and she's like, Well, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't care. I want to go. You know, just because it makes them feel good whereas if the parents like trepidatious and doesn't understand it and you know is just doing it because you know someone told them to or it's their last resort they're a lot more concerned and cautious and uncertain about it and then that that transfers to the kid as well so I think a lot of times if you are are looking to have it done for your child it's a great idea to do it yourself or to get it done together for Mm -hmm. the first time but honestly if you have it beforehand and then you can tell them that it was not painful and what the experience was like they will trust you a lot better and Mm -hmm. that's all the time the kids come in with their parents for the first visit and then you know in the future you know even if they can't drive themselves as long as the parents have given permission they can just get a ride or walk to acupuncture and get it in the future because then kids like to be able to be independent and being able to go to acupuncture by themselves makes them feel like they're more adult like so I think that's a neat thing too exactly and taking ownership of their health Exactly. I always think it's helpful for kids to see an acupuncture treatment first before they get one. Yeah. So I I will encourage a parent, if a parent has a child who they are interested in bringing in for acupuncture, I will often encourage them to just bring bring your child in with you for your treatment. Your child can mm-hmm. sit in the chair next to you yeah. and can watch and can see what it's like and they can ask me questions and, you know, they can just get a sense of the whole experience. Right without worrying about being jabbed by a needle. Right. And then they get to see, you know, who you are and that you're not a scary person and that you don't want to hurt them. And um, yeah, the other thing is I really like to use intradermals with kids. Do you ever use intradermals? I don't. So let's talk about intradermals because I know what they are, but I hardly ever use them. So yeah, why don't you explain what they are and how you use them? So I always use an alcohol swab because it gets the natural skin oils off um, the skin so that they stick a lot better. 
So they're, uh, the brand I use is made by a company called Saren, and there's a plastic disc on the inside, and it's smaller than the tip of your finger. It's like a little piece of beige colored tape and there's a plastic disc on the inside and within the disc is a tiny needle and when you show it to people they can't actually see it now kids sometimes can see it. it's 0.11 of a millimeter they have very good eyesight <laughs> yeah they have really good eyesight <laughs> but it's 0.11 of a millimeter so that means it's it's you know wow. if your finger is one millimeter fingernail is one millimeter like it's that wow. small right so like it doesn't cause any discomfort they can't even tell when you put it on but there is something there they're like are you sure there's something yes I'm sure there's something there um and then they can leave them on for several days the thing with kids is they tend to get dirty quickly <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> whereas adults can leave them on for more days with kids they tend to get dirty quickly and so they don't stay on as well but they definitely um can stay on for you know more than than just a day so people like them for that reason and then like if they're on the ears you can sleep in them and they don't cause any issues I like to use the point on the wrist pericardium six to open the chest and treat anxiety and it helps with like difficulty swallowing and promotes feeling of calm nausea is another one that a mm. lot of kids have trouble with like digestive issues yeah absolutely like their tummy gets upset and they don't want to eat and then the parents are worried because they're not eating but then when they eat it makes their tummy feel worse so anything we can do to help with digestive issues and I think most of the time they're just related to emotions yeah pericardium six is a great one for an intradermal I would think because that that point can be a little sensitive when needled absolutely and there's a nerve close to the surface of right. the skin at pericardium six so if you needle someone too deeply uh, especially a child it could be painful but an intradermal needle they're not going to feel it at all yeah and even when they like move their wrists and their tendons and all that stuff yeah they don't ever feel it, it just is more likely to get dirty because it's closer to their hands <laughs> right <laughs> i think that's about the only downside <laughs> what are some of the typical points you use on kids Good question. Um, like, oh, so another thing that's very common is allergies. I treat mm. kids for allergies. Oh, yes. So, like, stomach 40 is a good one because that gets rid of phlegm and congestion and mucus. So I use stomach 40. I like stomach 36 to help regulate digestion. Um, I try to pick points that are very like easy to do so that if the kid gets up and runs away, like it'll still be okay. <laughs> Kids so just I, running out the door yeah, to get away from it. you. It, honestly, it hasn't happened. The only people who get up and run to the bathroom are, are, are older men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, kids fortunately don't, don't move that long and they don't keep the needles in for that long either. I tell kids for every year they've been alive to stay one minute. So Oh. If you stay for 15 minutes. Oh, that's a great rule. But sometimes, sometimes they can't even go that far or they don't need to go that, um, right. that long. Or sometimes conversely, they'll fall asleep. Yes. And if they fall asleep, I'll, I'll let them keep sleeping. But you know, mm -hmm. I even have limits on how long you can sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're busy people. Um, <laughs> uh, so with, with, with that, yeah, I don't do LI4 on kids because if they move, it gets uncomfortable. That's a point between your on the um, web of your hand between the index and the thumb. Um, but that's a good one to keep, teach kids for like headaches and 
toothaches, like if they have braces and they're having pain from that mm -hmm. or jaw pain or allergies because it's they call it the command of the face. So it's good for headaches and right. sinus congestion and stuff like that. Um, I like LI-11, especially if they're like running hot or kind of fiery, angry personality or large intestine 10 because it's it's really nicely easily gently needled i mean honestly it feels so treating kids is so gracious like no matter oh. what you're gonna do like they're gonna feel better <laughs> so yeah. i try not to stress myself out too much about choosing the perfect points because they're gonna get better you know no matter what points i pick and as long as you know they have a positive experience they're not traumatized by it the needles don't hurt too much then they're gonna want to come back and they're gonna feel good and they're gonna have a positive experience so everybody wins and that's why it's important to me to not choose points that are sore or points that will be painful for them. That's kind of my approach too. And I, I figured that out early on in my career when I started treating kids, because you just don't have the same access to points on kids as you do adults. For some of those reasons you mentioned, they might move, move around and squirm more, or sometimes kids just don't want you to touch a certain part of their body. They don't want you to touch their foot or whatever. And so yeah. you And sometimes they feel them. that way about the wrist. They don't yeah. want you to go anywhere near the wrist, even with yeah. the intradermals. And that's fine. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that I learned too, like, oh, I, I really don't have to, it's not about picking the perfect point. It's about right. helping this kid or this young person feel comfortable, helping them to settle into their body and just getting their chi moving more than anything. And two, I think just the process of having someone sit there and listen to what's going on and wants to help you and wants you to feel better is very empowering too, because I don't think that kids get that all the time from people that aren't their, their parents or family. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think that it is a different, maybe, or potentially a different kind of relationship that they would have with their doctor because I think for a lot of kids doctors are scary doctors yeah. give them shots and you know going to the doctor's office is a scary place and doctors often talk more with to the parents than the kids but an acupuncturist has the potential to have a different sort of relationship with a kid where they're still providing health care but giving the child more ownership and listening to them more and just helping the child understand their own body better. And helping them learn how to take care of their bodies too for their best. Now, are there any contraindications for kids in acupuncture or kids who might not be good candidates for acupuncture? So if your child has poison ivy everywhere, I think they should stay home until their poison <laughs> ivy is no longer Please. contagious. Please stay home. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect me to say that, huh? No. <laughs> and uh, is that is that uh, coming from experience? Yes, yes, oh, yes, no. of course it is. <laughs> I can't touch anywhere on the body. Everything is red and swollen and itchy. Wait until it gets better and then come back. <laughs> but in the meantime, here's some herbs. <laughs> That's one thing I do. I do enjoy is using herbs. There are tinctures um, that are liquids that are in glycerin, so they don't taste as as bad. But herbs for kids are pretty amazing. Like yeah. uh, we've seen a lot of RSV here mm -hmm. um, in Northern California, um, the flu, and those are things that respond really well to to tinctures for kids. 
Yeah, let's talk a little more about herbs for kids. So you usually give them in tincture form. Yeah, I mean, if if a kid can swallow pills, then yeah, we use um, their tiny tablets like the size of a lentil. And if worse comes to worse, they can even chew them up. Not a particularly delicious experience, right. but <laughs> we'll get the job done. And what do you um, what do you typically prescribe herbs for? You mentioned uh, like respiratory issues. What else? Yeah, or the flu, like if they're having vomiting or diarrhea. Also for teething, um, mm. there's there's one called tender teeth that's a variation of swan's tongue, which is really good for babies mm. who are teething. And the mama said um, the baby will go and point to the bottle when their teeth oh. are hurting. So she oh. said she know she knows that it's working because the baby goes and shows wow. her when it's time. Yeah, which I was like, wow, isn't that amazing? They're that so is smart. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. It made me feel really good when she said that about about how much it helped the baby with teething pain so oh wow yeah. that's great or you know herbs for sleep because sometimes they have trouble with insomnia I, I I've had a bunch of boys who had bloody noses too hmm. and then uh helping them with that because it's just like heat in the head yeah. and reckless movement of blood so by clearing heat it helps them to not have the nosebleeds growing pains is another thing that acupuncture can really oh, help with sure and herbs too because they have such excruciating pain I don't think Western medicine has anything for it. So it's really exciting that we do. And well, during the pandemic, one of my patients was abroad and they got stuck overseas because of the lockdown. And she's like, please send us the remedy. The boys are, you know, really hurting at night and they oh. want their, they want the remedy. Oh. So I sent it to them in, in New Zealand so they could have it. It just really shows you that there are so many tools for young people to manage their health in a way that doesn't involve pharmaceutical medicines, although, you know, some sometimes those are needed. Absolutely. But there's a lot of other options, too. There's acupuncture, herbs. Well, and I think it's really important to be supportive of where they're at because a lot of people end up needing medication, you know, for their yes. own mental health and well-being. And I absolutely support them in doing that. But it doesn't mean you can't add acupuncture to the mix. And that's right. what I love about acupuncture is that it's so safe. The most common thing that happens is you get a bruise, but there's no gushing blood. And right. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be painful. And it makes you feel good while you're sitting there. And you might even fall asleep for a little bit. You get to be in a place that's quiet and relaxing and safe. All of this just helps me to see that young people can benefit from the tools that we offer as acupuncturists. Absolutely. Yeah. So what advice would you have for other acupuncturists who um, maybe um, haven't treated a lot of kids or um, aren't, aren't sure where to start with, with treating young people? So to me, the most important thing is to meet the, the, young person where they're at. So like, I remember one person, a teenager coming in and she looked like she was, I, I teased her that she looked like she was getting ready to walk the plank on a ship because oh. she was so scared and she was, you know, tucked in on herself and her mother was pushing her through the clinic. And oh, I was gosh. Like, oh gosh, she looks awful. <laughs> oh, no. And so I was like, Hey, you know, this, I, this is not going to hurt at all. I want you to be, feel comfortable. I'm not going to do anything unless you give me permission to do it and if you hate everything I try to offer you you can go home and I'll give you your money back 
<laughs> and so I put, you know, I put some intradermals on and she was having hip pain and it really helped her. And then once I was able to help her with that, she was like, I was like, would you like me to do something for stress? And she's like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since mm-hmm. she'd already felt a little better with her hip, then she was willing to let me do a little more. I think too, that's another thing is to, to, in addition to meeting them where they're at to go their speed. I like oh, to try yeah. and do everything all at once, but that doesn't, that is not what their agenda is. It's their agenda, not your agenda, which yeah. is humbling. Cause sometimes, you know, you can only do two needles, but you know, you just accept that that's what they needed and that's what they wanted. And you know, that then next time they'll let you do some more and that any treatment you can give to them will be helpful to them. And even if they don't feel better in that moment, like, like the young man in a wheelchair, like it doesn't mean he's not going to get better, like by the next day or the next couple of days, but kids really are amazing and that their bodies just want to be better. And it's uh, very rewarding to treat them and to be creative in your, your problem solving. Um, Cause what works for one person, like I had a young person who had um, like ticks. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I couldn't put needles on her body because she would tick and then move and the needles would get uncomfortable and she didn't like ear needles. And so I was left with scalp needles and oh. it was weird because if I put needles in for sleep, it made her wired if I put needles in for energy and made her fall asleep. And I thought to myself, any other acupuncturist reads this chart note, they're going to think I'm crazy because I'm putting in (laughs) sleep points to give her energy and energy points to make her sleep. This is, this is crazy, but that's how her body was, you know? And for me to not have judgment about like, oh, it can't be this way because, you know, that's not how it's indicated. Well, nobody told her body the rules. Um, So you just do what works based on her. So we use scalp points with great results. Whereas if I had tried to, you know, do whatever I was taught and put them in the classically indicated points, it would have been a not good experience Mm. for her. So it sounds like kids have been some of your teachers in in your practice. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And it, I mean, for me, it's a lot of fun too, because, you know, they'll like, I was treating one who was nervous about going to camp and then she came back and I was like, how was camp? And she's like, Oh, I got to go on, you know, the ropes course that I did. It was like, wow, you have so much um, courage, all these things I would never do. Like I was surfing and I was like, yeah, no, I would never (laughs) do any of those things. That sounds horrible. But she was so proud of herself and I was so proud of her um, because she was so nervous to go to camp, but she had such an amazing experience and acupuncture helped her to calm down before she went to camp. So that's neat to see how kids can blossom and grow. And, you know, there's, I've been doing this now 10 years there's some people where I help them have a baby and now they're they bring their their child back as a as a young person it's I get all teary about it like oh I knew you when you were in the womb (laughs) (laughs) and they're like this is weird lady (laughs) I love that and I've had that experience as well and what's really fun too is when uh when you've been treating the the mother while she's pregnant mm-hmm. and then the the baby's born and then the baby becomes a child who comes in for acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have a theory that those kids probably respond even better to acupuncture because yeah. they had it before they were even born. Mm-hmm. 
And so getting acupuncture is like coming home for them in a yeah. way. Yeah. Well, and it, it always, like for years, people would bring in the baby after I treated the mother while she was pregnant and the baby would get really happy. Um, yeah. Because the babies get happy in the womb, right? Because mm-hmm. they get the endorphins and they get really excited and the moms are like, what did you do to my baby? I'm like, it's not me. It's the needles. It's the, the endorphins. They're really yes. excited. And then when they would come in afterwards with the baby in their arms, the baby would get really happy. And I was like, why does the baby like me so much? And then it occurred to me, the baby associates me with the endorphins that the mama got while they were there. So hearing my voice brings back that memory for them of, um, of all the positive hormones that they got while they were in utero and had the acupuncture. So it took years. A patient had to point that out to me because I was like, why do, why do these babies that have never met me before like me? And that's the reason why. So, well, and you know, that just leads into an entirely different topic, which we don't have time for today, but it's acupuncture during pregnancy. Yeah. And there's so many benefits for that. We'll, we'll save that topic for another episode. List, right? I'll put it on my list. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so, well, what advice do you have for parents out there? Um, I mean, first piece of advice is get acupuncture while you're pregnant. Yeah. But beyond that, what advice do you have for parents who are interested in, in using acupuncture to help their kids or whose kids are curious about acupuncture and interested in trying it? Well, I think, I think if the parent hasn't done acupuncture themselves, they should go and have a treatment with the practitioner and kind of interview them and make sure that they're a nice person and that the kid's going to feel safe and that it's an environment that's friendly to kids and that the person has experience working with kids and wants to see kids because not every acupuncturist wants to see kids. That's true. Um, so it's, it's good to check in on that. I think a community setting is ideal because the acupuncture stays in the room the whole time and there are other people around. And so it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, your kid can be quiet for a few minutes. If your kid can't be quiet for a few minutes, then um, it's a different story, but people bring in um, electronic tablets and the kid can watch a show for a few minutes, or sometimes people will bring in a book and their kid will look through the pictures in the book, Mm -hmm. or, you know, the parents will just talk to them and sit with them. Um, These are for little kids And then, you know, for older people, they'll listen to music with headphones in and things like that, you know, just to make them feel more comfortable bringing a blanket, you know, or a pillow or whatever they need to make themselves feel more comfortable while they're there are all things that will help to make it a more positive experience for their children. Yeah. Stuffed animals help too. I've, oh, I've that's done a great idea. I've done acupuncture on many a stuffed animal. Ooh, that's great, Alex. I never thought of that. That's yeah. Really smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, stuffed animals can benefit from acupuncture too. Well, maybe we should just um, sort of like do do a recap of like conditions that we tr- commonly treated conditions. I'll say some and then you say some. Okay. Yeah, we could do this rapid fire. Like okay. A rapid fire round. Okay. <laughs> so some of the- some of the most favorite things I treat with kids are digestion, anxiety, sleep, being able to focus, pay attention, trouble with digestion. Allergies is a biggie in my area because I just live in an, in an area that where a lot of people have allergies and kids get allergies really young. So we treat all kinds of sinus issues, ear issues related to allergies, respiratory problems. Ear infections. Ear infections, definitely. I treat kids for stress 
anxiety and depression for sure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids struggle with headaches and migraines. Oh, yeah. And acupuncture can be really beneficial for that. Yeah, too. really amazing. Mm -hmm. And pain also. Oh, yes. We tend to think of pain as something that only adults deal with because adults have lived lives and injured themselves and had accidents and had problems that cause pain. But there, there are kids out there who suffer from pain as well. Definitely. And it can be really hard to manage in kids because mm -hmm. you have to be, doctors have to be careful with the types of medications they give kids to manage their pain. Mm -hmm. And acupuncture manages pain beautifully with no side effects. Yeah. Yeah. And very, very limited risk. I treat a lot of kids who are active in sports. Yes. So like shin splints or hip pain or twisted you know, ankles. Yes. Volleyball players or mm -hmm. um, people who are pitchers who have elbow issues or any of those kinds of things. Um, yeah. Kid athletes are great candidates for acupuncture. Really great candidates because it helps them recover from their injuries more quickly but also more fully so that they're not going back out and playing on an injured knee that they can truly heal their injuries yeah and then get back to playing those sports that they love one of my favorite examples was I was treating a young man who wanted to be able to play football and he had a condition where his bone degenerated in his wrist. And so the doctor wouldn't let him play until the bone was able to regrow and acupuncture was the only intervention. And they had wow. MRIs that proved that his bone did grow using the acupuncture. And I'd never, I never wow. thought acupuncture could grow bones and there, I mean, statistically it's possible, but to actually see it and have it, um, but I thought it was really funny because he played for a season. He's like, yeah, I don't like this. So, <laughs> <laughs> he got to try it and find out he didn't like it. But because of acupuncture, he was able to try it. Uh, so it was wow. really cute. Yeah. That is cool. I mean, yeah. it just acupuncture is miraculous. It really is. And I mean, that's the it's it's. For me, it's really exciting because you, you don't know what it can do until you try. And That's just because right. I haven't done it before doesn't mean I can't do it again or, or that I can't do something just because I haven't done it before. So that's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, before we wrap up, I want to talk about your clinic, Napa Acupuncture Practice, and a fundraiser that you're doing for your free clinic. So Napa Acupuncture Practice is a nonprofit community clinic and you provide low-cost acupuncture treatments. And then as part of your mission, you also have a free clinic, right? Yes, we started the free clinic in 2022 through a grant through CVS and the National Association of Free and Charitable Clinics. And um, so we are participating in the Napa Valley Give Guide to raise funds for our nonprofit um, free clinic on Tuesdays in 2023. So it's for people who have Medi-Cal, people who have food stamps, people on government housing, people who receive WIC benefits. That covers a lot of people. <laughs> it sure does. Um, and so any donations you give through the website, 100% of it goes to help people to have treatments. And it's really a, a group that has benefited so much from acupuncture. It's helped people to be able to go back to work, help people recover from long COVID and just such an amazing experience for the people who've been able to receive treatment regularly and get better. So it's really been very rewarding. And I'm 
I'm excited that we get to participate with the Napa Valley Give Guide. So that's great. That is great that you're you're doing that free clinic in addition to your regular low cost treatments. We will put a link to the fundraiser so that people can contribute. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And if uh, for folks who know people in the Napa area, please go see Fawn at Napa Thank Acupuncture you. Practice. Um, I hope to get out there myself someday and we will look a, forward to having get a you, treatment with you. Yeah. yeah. Fawn, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really fun and uh, just a, a great conversation about a segment of the population who can really benefit from acupuncture and, and are really fun to treat too. Yeah. Yeah. And that it doesn't have to be scary. It can be fun and, and really help them. It, it can. So I hope that this conversation will inspire some kids and their parents to try acupuncture. Absolutely. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Notes from Your Acupuncturist. If you liked what you heard, please follow this show, leave a rating or review, or just tell someone about it. And if you want to join the conversation, you can subscribe to Notes from Your Acupuncturist on Substack, where you can comment, ask questions, participate in discussion threads, watch videos, and read more of my reflections on acupuncture and healing. Huge thanks, as always, to our paid subscribers for helping keep this work sustainable. You, too, can become a paid subscriber for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to substack.com and search notes from your acupuncturist or click the link in the show notes. Until next time, this is Alexa Bradley-Hulsey, your acupuncturist, signing off with love and gratitude.